So, how do you like this? Whose car? It's mine. Yours? That's right. My son bought it for me. He what? My son bought me the car. It's a present. You bought it? That's right. I bought it. You ever see one so nice? Some car. You want to take a ride? No, thank you. Come on, take a ride. You want to take a ride? Why not? I don't feel like taking a ride. Do I have to take a ride? He doesn't want to take uh -huh. a ride. What do you think? I've never ridden in a Cadillac before. Believe me, I have ridden in a Cadillac hundreds of times. Thousands. But I don't want to be a secondary character. <laughs> You were not going to believe this, Stephen. I got a brand new Cadillac. My son bought it for me. Really? Yeah. Has it ruined your life? No. It's oh. been great. Really? Yeah. It hasn't gotten kicked you off. Hasn't, hasn't gotten you kicked off any condo boards or anything uh, like that. Not recently, no. Okay. <laughs> not in the last couple of years. Okay. Do you want to come for a run? Sure. Oh, what are you going to say? Well, I don't no, want I'm to. good. No, I'm good. Why not? I, what you think I haven't been for a ride in a Cadillac before? I've been in a Cadillac hundreds of times. Thousands. Thousands. I love the way it says thousands. Yes, thousands. 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 Ah. Ah. And then Jerry's like that guy. Ah. Ah. <laughs> Welcome to another episode of But I Don't Want to Be a Secondary Character, a Seinfeld podcast where we talk about the secondary characters from the greatest sitcom of all time. Need I explain it? You already know the name of it. My name's Ivan. I'm Stephen. And we do the episodes in random order and uh, we talk about the secondary characters, whether they are returning or one-off characters for each episode, like I said, in random order. Today, Stephen, in our show's history, the second time ever, rather, in our show's history, it is a two-parter. That's right. We, we are mm. talking about season seven's The Cadillac. We haven't done our two-parter since the trip two years ago. Yes, That's long, long time ago. One. I that know. was one of our first episodes. I think so. It was one of our first 10 or 20 episodes. Yeah, yeah, way back when. Way back when, in the Wayback Machine. If you haven't listened to it, go back and listen and that's right. see and, how uh, amateur we are. That's right. And this <laughs> is the first episode after our second year anniversary. So last week, we recorded the opposite classic episode. So if you've been with us for two years, amazing. If you're a new listener, even better. Yeah. Thank you so much. Yes. Thank you so much. If you want to say hello, you can email us at bidwabaskpodcast at gmail.com we're on all socials our handle is at bidwabask you can say uh, hello 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 I lost my train of thought there <laughs> uh, you can listen to us uh, anywhere you get your podcast if you want to rate us review us uh, or subscribe to us or just spread the word that would be awesome it sounds like you need to go to Del Boca Vista you're starting to lose it yeah time just, to go to Florida and get some sun yeah but need a bit of R&R &R. <laughs> um, get to get kicked off some boards yes some condo boards <laughs> when I was accused of false uh, money laundering I'm now for impeachment Mabel <laughs> Choate yes so some of the secondaries we will talk about Stephen uh, we have I have notes rather on Herb and Ralph mm -hmm. the uh, two condo board members so do I uh, Nick the cable guy great character I reckon I, I loved him he was really great uh, Elaine's friend Katie and I've got notes on Marissa Tamay yep and I've got some extra notes uh, episode specific notes on Jack Klompus uh, uh, Jerry's parents, Morty and Helen, yep. and uh, Elaine. Uh, sorry, Elaine's, Elaine's. Uh, <laughs> George's uh, dead fiance, Susan. Susan, Ross. yes, we, which we have done an episode on before. That's right. So yeah. we have done uh, what's the deal episodes on those characters because they're major secondaries. You can go back and listen to all of those. Morty and Helen and Susan were actually our first two. What's the deal? Uh, Susan was our first, and then Morty and Helen, and as well the, as the yes, other Seinfeld, Seinfeld parents. parents. Yeah. Uh, was our second, and that featured my parents way back when. It did. We got to have them back in the uh, in the studio one day when they're down in Melbourne. Yeah, again. when they're down again. Yeah, yeah we'll that'll be fun. Yeah, I think we'll be a lot better then. Yeah, we. Well, I think we should. <laughs> Just well, a touch better. Or why don't you buy your dad a Cadillac, and then we'll fly up to Brisbane. 
Yeah, do a surprise if trip. If I buy him a fucking Cadillac, <laughs> the least he could do is drive down. That's true. <laughs> yeah. If I've dropped however much a Cadillac money on, you know, however much a Cadillac is, the least he can do is drive down. Get some, I'm not then flying up. Nah, of course, get some miles on it. Fuck him. <laughs> 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 no, nah, I love you, Dad. He gave you life, God damn it. There would be no bid will ask without you, Stephen. That's true. <laughs> anyway, today's Seinfeld trivia fact for the week. You ready for it? Yeah. Elaine's functionality, even more than her gender, vexed many of Seinfeld's writers. She was the most well-adjusted of the characters. Oh, really? She was the only one who almost always had a steady job. Okay, yeah, a day job rather, that's true. Uh, a robust dating life, yeah. Plenty of confidence, oh, tell me about it. And uh, even friends outside of the core four. She was smart. She graduated from Tufts, and that was, as she often noted, her safety school. That's a pretty good uh, statement, backed up by some pretty solid facts. Very solid facts. Can't really facts. argue with that. Yeah, Lane's a wonderful character, and we all love her. I was about to say, we always say that Kramer's the least, or the most human out of all of the core four but uh, yes I'd say he's at least stable yeah and Elaine's certainly the most sociable as well she obviously she has a lot of friends outside of work Mm, yeah mm, mm, Mm -hmm. definitely definitely have you got any Seinfeldisms for the week no as per usual nothing boring boring what have you got I have one it's a pretty bad one better than uh, nothing yeah better than nothing take it Uh, I was listening to a podcast I think I've had this one before in different forms Mm -hmm, I was listening to a podcast through the week and they had a Seinfeld clip can't remember what podcast can't remember what Seinfeld clip but uh, made a mental note and, uh, yeah. How many Seinfeld podcasts do you subscribe to? More than 100 now. Whoa. My my podcast app on my phone crashes all the time. <laughs> oh, God. I'm, I'm thinking about spreading the podcast out so that I've got four or five apps for different types of podcasts. You know, one app for news and politics, one app for, like, general interest, one app for whatever. Yeah. Just so that it's not as slow because it's just over overloaded <laughs> poor, with podcasts. Poor Apple podcasts. Yeah. If I, don't, if I don't refresh my feed for a couple of days, I literally have to refresh and it takes about 10 minutes for all the podcasts to load and it crashes out. It's a nightmare. Oh, my gosh. So, are you considering maybe culling some episodes? Nope. No? Nope. It's kind of like the more I have, the more I want. Yeah, okay. You know? Gotcha. And then I heard today that there's about 500,000 podcasts in existence, and I'm like, I'm only listening to 100? <laughs> yeah. I've got 499,900 <laughs> 900 odd to go. And you're not even subscribed to this one, so there you go. No. <laughs> I am, actually. Oh, you are. That's good. Yeah, of Thank course you. I am. It, it, all subscriptions help. If you subscribe, rate, download us, review us, whatever. Get back to us. We'd love it. Yeah, be no, we do. That would be awesome. Uh, Seinfeld News. Yeah, man. What's up? What you got? Uh, so two pieces this week. A first one involving Jerry Seinfeld. Um, he has cameoed in the new Vampire Weekend single. Oh, uh, it's called Sunflower. Oh wow! Like on the studio recording or the no, music in the, video in the film clip. Oh wow! I have to watch it. Yeah, I did not know this. It's pretty good. Oh wow! Uh, the film clip was directed by Jonah Hill. Yep, and it features some of the members of Vampire Weekend. Uh, as well as Jerry walking around New York going to sort of delis and doing typical New York stuff. Oh, right. The song goes for about a minute and 40 seconds, I think. Okay, sure. It's not very long, and he's only in it for maybe 10 or 20 seconds, but uh, yeah, he's in there. That's awesome. i got to watch that. I didn't know he was in it. Yeah, and it's uh, Vampire Weekend's new music, first new music in years. I think they last put out an album in like 2010 or 2011. Maybe, something like that, yeah. But that album was really huge, so I think they took a bit of a hiatus, and now they're back with Jerry. And I think the lead singer was doing some solo stuff as well. Yeah, Ezra. Ezra Ezra Koenig, I think his name is. Yeah. Yeah. He was doing. I think he did his own was EP or something. Then he like collabed with like other people. Probably. Yeah, he did different yeah, stuff. They always take yeah. a bit of a break. They do. That's interesting how you mentioned Jonah Hill as well because you mentioned that Jonah Hill was um, on the set of Curb Your Enthusiasm. Yeah, that's uh, right. A few last weeks week ago. or the week before. Yeah, he yeah. was he was papped as they say. Mm, that's uh, right. On the set of. Uh, Curb. Curb, I think season 10 they're filming now. Yeah, that's with, right. With, uh, who's the other actor? Sean Penn. Sean Penn, yeah. That's yeah, right. so he's all over it. And hopefully he'll be in season 10 of Seinfeld. Wink, wink. Maybe he will. <laughs> uh, the second bit of news is one that you sent me and uh, one that I think 
well, I'm assuming holds a special place in your heart, and, considering how much you love Lieutenant Bookman. And thank you once again to the No Seinfeld Group for You Facebook page. I that's how I get some of these articles. You guys are just, and you guys and, and other Seinfeld uh, groups that I follow as well. Like my name, Ivan Pijoni. If you see me, that's me. Oh man, like some of those news articles, man. I don't know how they get them. It's yeah, just, it's it's incredible. I think people just Good read the news guys. and they go, "Oh, this is related to Seinfeld," and they just share it. Yeah, you know, absolutely. there's such a wide range of fans from all over the world. It's fantastic. They're going to capture pretty much everything. Anyway, so what was Bookman's uh, legacy? Yeah, so a New Jersey man <laughs> borrowed a book uh, and returned it to the library 53 years late. Fantastic. Yeah, so uh, it was 1966. Uh, he was 13 at the time, and, and Nixon he... was in power, and I think the Vietnam War was just beginning, wasn't it? Yeah, that sounds yeah. about right. <laughs> uh, he booked. He borrowed a book called. The Family Book of Verse by Lewis Gannett. Oh, I wish it was Tropic of Capricorn. Yep. Oh my, or Tropic of Cancer. Oh my <laughs> That's God. Right. Um, oh my God. The man's name is Harry Crane. He's 65 <laughs> now. I like Kramer. Yeah, perfect. <laughs> perfect. He's just missing an R. Damn it. Yes. He needs to borrow an R. Or if his name was Jerry, <laughs> borrow an R. Jerry or if his Crane. name was Jerry Kramer. Oh, that'd just be too good. That'd be too good. That'd just be, I'd give up. I'd be like, what? This, no, this, this is fake. This is the end of Bidwell Vast. We're done. Yeah, We've reached is, peak, peak Bidwell Vast. It's now. too, it's just, there's too much Seinfeld. It's too meta. It's too weird. It's, it's too, too coincidental. Yes. I'm fucking done. See I'm you later. Done. Seinfeld news is finished. Yep. Get your own news. Yeah. <laughs> Plebs. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, his name is Harry Crane. Uh, when he was asked about his name while checking out the book, he said he couldn't give it because he was in the witness protection program. Oh, okay. Yeah. Interesting. And he found the book recently while cleaning out his basement and he started to feel guilty. Uh, he said the guilt lasted a few seconds and uh, he said it was like, holy shit, I still have it. He then knew at the moment that he had to take it back, obviously, to relieve his guilt. Uh, so after more than half a century, the former student returned the book to the Memorial Middle School in uh, Fairlawn, New Jersey. Fabulous. Yep. So at 10 cents a day, that was the rate of fining back in 66. That's about two grand, uh, the school sort of said. Was that including inflation as far as you know? Or? I don't know. No, okay. I guess so. Maybe oh. they maybe they stick to their original rate. I don't know. Uh, but they waived the fee. Oh, um, you think so? Yep. And Jeez. they and the vice principal, Dominic uh, Tarquinio, I think, Tarquinio, mm-hmm. not sure. Uh, he said, and I quote, we're not looking to collect on it. Um, and that it was all good. It's all Excellent. clean. He's all clean. Yep. Whereas Bookman would have been all over him like a pit bull on a piece of meat. Oh, I reckon Lieutenant Bookman actually tracked him down and he just made up crap about the witness protection program. I think so too. It's just to save face. Maybe Lieutenant Bookman put him in the witness protection program. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe they put him in the witness protection program to protect him against Lieutenant Bookman. The maybe. Bookman, the Bookman protection program. <laughs> the, the, the Bookman, the BBP. <laughs> the BBP. And that's all the Seinfeld news for the week. Excellent. Bit of a shorter one this week. Yeah, good work, mate. Have Because uh, there's a big plot synopsis coming up because obviously this is a two-part episode. So uh, let's take a quick break and I'll go through the plot synopsis for part one and part two of the Cadillac and we'll talk about the secondary characters and uh, we'll find out if the Cadillac is one of our favourite episodes and if any of the secondary characters make our top 20 of all time. We'll be back. Hello folks, Matt McCoy here, a.k.a. Lloyd Braun from Seinfeld and I'm telling you right now, I do not want to be a secondary character. Welcome back to But I Don't Want to Be a Secondary Character. This week we are doing the two-parter episode, our second ever two-parter episode in the history of Bidwabask, <laughs> The Cadillac, uh, from Season 7, Parts 1 and 2. Yes. And Ivan's going to take you through a lengthier-than-usual synopsis. I think what we'll do is we'll break up the parts. So I'll okay. read Part 1. Maybe we'll do some trivia. 
And Sounds then good. I'll read part two and we'll do some more trivia. Sounds good. We'll break it up, yeah, for sure. Season seven, episodes 14 and 15 of Seinfeld. This episode first aired in the US on February 8th, 1996, directed by Andy Ackerman, written by Larry David, and for the last time co-writing it, Jerry Seinfeld. Yep. His last episode. You just he just one of my episode trivia bits. Oh, that's all right. I thought I didn't. You know, because I thought plot's so big. I was like, yeah, we might as well say it now. Yeah, may as well. <laughs> Stuff it. Anyway, part one of the Cadillac. So, Jerry comes back from a high-paying gig and he awes Kramer with his earnings. I can't... Sh- I don't want to show you. It might change our relationship. Oh, just show me. <gasps> I don't think we can speak to each other anymore, Jerry. <laughs> After <laughs> he shows him, it won't change <laughs> <Yeah>. anything. <laughs> it changes everything. And even Elaine's pretty keen, you know, because we mentioned that she loves money and status. Yeah, so, you, you, can know, see, yeah. you can see that she's turned on. That's right, yes. <laughs> He surprises his parents by buying them a new fully loaded Cadillac Fleetwood. Learning about his financial situation, Elaine, like we mentioned, becomes infatuated with Jerry. The Plaza Cable Company wants to meet with Kramer, who makes sure that he's not at home when they arrive, to retaliate for their lateness when his cable was installed. They said they'd be there from 9 to 1. They said they'd be there from 2 to 6. They never came. I sat there for hours and hours, (laughs) and no one ever turned up. Well... It's now my turn. Yeah. Turn the tables. <laughs> That's right. I think we've all felt like that. Yeah. You wow, know, I've never seen you like this before, Kramer. Oh, you don't want to be on my bad side. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's one of the only time Kramer's ever shown any sort of vindictiveness yes. or you know, any sort of meanness or cruelty. And that kind of goes against his character. Like we, yeah. we see him as like the lovable oaf, but Well, we've all got limits, I guess. And we've yeah, all we got do. we've all got bugbears that, that rile us up and make us want to do things out of character. Like what happened to the poor guy ten years before. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> poor bastard. In New York, George receives uh, news that he's Marissa Tomei's type and he could have been introduced to her if he was still single. He reconsiders his engagement to Susan when Katie, played by Annabelle Gerwich, Elaine's friend, reveals that she's friends with actress Marissa Tomei, played by herself. Jack Clampus, one of your buddies, played by Sandy Barron, accuses Morty of embezzling funds from the office of condo president to pay for his new Cadillac. Jack doesn't believe Jerry has enough talent to earn so much money and convinces the rest of the condo board of this. I don't think he can even pay his rent. His rent. <laughs> Sounds did, a bit Trumpy there. <laughs> did you see his show at the Playhouse? It stinks. <laughs> Board member Herb, played by Bill Macy, decides to call for an investigation as Ralph seconds the motion. George wants to meet Marissa for a cup of coffee, and he insists on getting her phone number to the point of harassing Katie when she's in hospital with arrhythmia. <laughs> Just, you know, if you can, you know, wiggle your... What does what it say? If you, wiggle your pinky or yeah, wiggle yeah, your yeah, thumb yeah, or something? Or move your left arm. Yeah. You know? Is that a yes? One of George's lowest. Lowest of the lowest. Oh, man. During the credits, Morty informs Jerry and Helen that he's being threatened for impeachment. Nobody's ever been impeached as condo president before, as Morty states that if he gets impeached, he'll have to move to Del Boca Vista, which they do eventually. Their neighbour, Evelyn, played by Anne Morgan Gilbert, uh, tells them that three of the building reps are voting for impeachment, three other reps are voting against impeachment, and board member Mrs Choate of Building D, who you've seen in The Rye, played by Francis Bay, is left with the deciding vote. Yeah, so a few trivia points, and some of these relate to episode two, which Ivan will go through in just a second. Yep. Uh, the conversation between Elaine and George uh, that they have when making up George's alibi for when he's meeting Marissa Tomei <laughs> um, is really similar to that of the conversation between George and Jerry when coming up with an excuse for waiting in the lobby of, uh, I can't remember her name. Oh, Vanessa. Vanessa. One of your favorite episodes from the stakeout. Yes. Yes. <laughs> uh, in her office building all the way back in the stakeout. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. The second ever episode. 
hang on, was it the second? I think it was the second. Yeah, the second. Yeah, yep, that's yep, right. That's right. Um, the I mean, the conversation is similar, and also they use Art Vandelay as a as a as an excuse for yeah. them spending time together, and also that they say that he is a fictional importer exporter. That's true. That's true. Yes, that's true. Um, the soundtrack and the dramatic walkout of the condo at the end of the episode is a parody of the film Nixon, released the year before. Pretty sure Anthony Hopkins played that character. Okay. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. And I'm guessing it's about Richard Nixon. Yeah, it is. Yes. Right. And right, right. I love how Morty has like the Nixon kind of look. He has like yeah. the kind of like the screnched up face, and then he waves. And with a big smile right, right at the end, the very right. last scene. Very good. Uh, a couple of bloopers to point out. So oh, right. yep. there is a straw in Jack, uh, Jack Klompus's, uh diet Pepsi um, when he's in the middle of accusing uh, Morty of embezzling money. Ah. And then it cuts away and it cuts back and it's and gone. there's no straw. Okay, yep, maybe. Yep, yep, yep. Jack was trying to do his bit for the environment. Yeah. <laughs> Must be what it is. Yeah. Uh, and another blooper. Um, Jerry leaves his napkin wadded up on the coffee table when he answers the door for the cable guy. Um, the napkin has disappeared when he gets back to the couch. So disappearing food things, yeah, napkins, food stores, food items. Yeah, I don't know. it must be like a little klepto <laughs> moments from Elaine or whoever's with Jerry stealing his things. I mean, maybe, yeah, it must be. Who knows? Do you have any other trivia? <laughs> uh, well, I do, but I think I'll save it for part two. Sounds uh, good. I, so this is the Cadillac part two, the plot synopsis. Elaine calls Jerry in Florida and tells him she wants to come and join him, but he declines. Kramer continues to avoid the Plaza Cable Worker. Morty and Helen meet with Mabel Choate, who's coincidentally the same woman from the Rye who Jerry stole the uh, Rye from. While Jerry seems to remember her, Mabel doesn't. She makes a reference of how she was mugged of her marble Rye while she was visiting her daughter and she plans never to return. George's obsession with Marissa Tomei makes Susan, Heidi Swedberg, suspicious when he comes home and finds him on the couch watching My Cousin Vinny and later on, Only You, uh, specifically scenes which Tomei is in. Uh, George obtains Marissa's phone number and works with Elaine to create a cover story involving Elaine and her fictitious boyfriend, Art Vandelay, as you mentioned in the trivia. George meets Marissa and they have a date in the park. She's initially enchanted by George, but when he tells her she's engaged, she's furious and punches him in the face and walks off. Susan suspects George is having an affair with Elaine and questions her regarding his whereabouts. The answers follow the cover story that they agreed on earlier, but Susan trips up on one of the questions and is still suspicious and asks another question that they hadn't anticipated. After Susan leaves, Elaine frantically tries to call George. (laughs) He returns to the apartment and is met by Susan, who asks him the same tricky question. He wanted to be more in, in importing and do less of the exporting. Hang on, I thought uh, you wanted to focus less on the exporting. Hang on, what, what did I say? What did I say? Uh, I love those whole, all that. All, <laughs> what, this storyline's one of my favorites. What does Celine's boyfriend import? Matches. Matches. Lung matches. Suck. <laughs> Punches him. I like when she asks Elaine, what is, uh, what is our uh, import? Chips. Chips. What kind of chips? What sort? Mm, potato. Potato. Some, some corn. <laughs> some corn. <laughs> some corn. What does she export? Diapers. diapers. I, I love how she just like she just pulls out of the thing. Yeah. And she's like diapers, Chips. diapers, and diapers. <laughs> oh, it's so good. Oh man, you think they would get that straight beforehand? But that's what that's what they were planning to do in that scene. Elaine was yeah. trying to make an elaborate story, but then George is like too complex. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. They should have uh, focused on the details more. Exactly. Focused on the minutia more. The minutia of life. Yes. Uh, Morty's relying on the vote of Mabel Choate to save him from impeachment. The votes reversed when Mabel hears Jack Klompus refer to her under his breath as an old bag, triggering her, triggering her memory of what happened in the Rye. Uh, Mabel then rants to Morty that it was his son who stole the Rye. My like son like has son. never stolen anything in his life. He's, He's a, a good, good boy. boy. Like father, like son. I change my vote. I vote 
for impeachment. Jack is so stoked. You oh, see him with his cigar. Yeah, and he's yeah, just yeah. got this big shit eating grin. <laughs> he does. What a what a dick. With some of the other board members changing their vote as well, Morty's removed from office as he was the only one who voted against it. In accordance to the second constitution of the Pines of Mar Gables, phase two, Herb as condo vice president swears in Jack Klompas as the new condo president. The cable guy repeatedly tries to confront Kramer, but he always gets away. He finally concedes defeat, and he's played by Walter Olkowitz. And he apologises on behalf of cable guys everywhere, promising better service across the board. Kramer appears and has an emotional reconciliation with the cable guy, and the two embrace, and the credits roll. You can feel that hug. You can, can't you? It's just amazing. And uh, in the credits scene, Morty and his wife leave the condo uh, in a scene referencing Nixon, directed by Oliver Stone, as we mentioned before. Uh, some of the residents set them off, or see them off, rather. Yep. That's they right. They wave. They do. Considering he was voted out unanimously, he has like a little solid following of people saying goodbye to him. Yeah, so. I know. He still had a lot of people that loved him. Yep. I reckon uh, he would have won the popular vote. He probably would have. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Not the electoral, the college vote. No. No, no. no. <laughs> other secondary characters, Steve, include, uh, as I mentioned before, Ralph. He's the other uh, board member from the uh, development. He's played by Jesse White. Uh, Annie Corson plays uh, Doris, who we see again, Jack's wife. Uh, Daniel Zakaba plays the power guy, who tries to get Kramer to let him in, but, you know, Kramer thinks he's the cable guy. And Gold Starga, Janice Davies, and Art Frankel play buildings A, B, and C of the condo board. Hmm. Hmm. Okay. Yes. Who do you want to start with? Well, do you have any more trivia? No. Oh, you don't? Okay. That's all the episode trivia I have. Well, the only uh, one that I had left, actually, uh, Jerry emerges from his parents' guest room in Florida reading a Superman comic book. And uh, Jason Alexander and Marissa Tomei have uh, appeared together in the paper, 1994 oh. film. Okay. Yes, previously, yes. There cool, you go. Cool. All right, which character are we doing first? Uh, let's do the cable guy, Nick Stevens. Yes, played by Walter Olkowitz. Uh, he appeared in the films uh, The Client and 1941. And for you Twin Peaks fans like myself, he appeared in the series Twin Peaks, both the original version and the 2017 revival, uh, as Jean-Michel Renault. And he appeared in the TV film of Twin Peaks, Firewalk With Me, as the same character. Yeah, hmm. there you go. I, yeah, I was like, yeah, I remember that guy. Yeah, yeah, he's that dude. Yeah, he was I only in a few episodes, but yeah, yeah, recognized yeah. his face. That's right. I loved his character, man. I really? thought he was great. Yeah, and one of those characters where he only needs some time, like Mary Cantati, mm. and he does it for me. I thought he was great. Yeah, no, I liked he, him a lot. I liked him a lot too. Yeah, me too. Uh, yeah, I think he is. I think he always has felt bad for fucking over customers or fucking around customers. You think he's just been trying to just, you know, he's just, um, you I think, know, I think he's trying he's to do the company. right thing from high above. Yeah, he's I think just he's following a company protocol. man. He's a company man. Yeah, he's just trying you know, to follow protocol. I don't think he enjoys doing it. I no. think he genuinely feels guilt. No, I think so too. And Kramer pushed him to the point where he just needed to break. He either needed to quit or remember that, you know, he owes the company something because yeah. it's his job. That's right. Uh, and the compromise is, well, Kramer broke me emotionally. And I've still got my job, you know. So I, th- yeah, I think I think it'd been building up, you know, for, for a long time. And then yeah. Kramer, Kramer finally pushed him over the edge. Kramer just toppled him. Yeah. Well, he, you know, Kramer, Kramer jumped off the edge, and then he didn't follow. Yeah. And I think his that probably explains his persistence as well. You know, yeah. trying to get into the building. Yeah. He's just following protocol. You know, the higher abums are like, hey, he's using illegal cable. He's getting HBO and Showtime for free. Definitely. You've got to cut him off. And yeah. Yeah. He's just doing his job. That's yeah. all he is. I'm sure he's a good man at heart. No, I think he is. And he's very reluctant to try and, you know, break into someone's house to. Yeah. And I mean, <laughs> he shows it. he shows a lot of, um, I guess, just decency. You know, when he knocks on the door uh, of, of Jerry's apartment looking for Kramer 
and he doesn't seem pissed off. He he understands that Kramer isn't home for whatever reason. Yeah, of course. And he just politely asks if he could pass on a message to let him know that, that he visited him. But Kramer's the one out of character that is sort of being uh, a bit, you know, he's he's getting some glee yeah, out of the fact he that he's sort of he's messing kind of enjoying with him. it. It's kind of sadist, yeah. isn't it? Well, he's, it's yeah. just revenge, isn't it? It is. You know, yeah. It's the, you yeah. Know, the, just, the, sweet, just, the sweetness yeah. of a revenge. Yeah, that's right. He's just getting his revenge on what happened to him ten years before. Yeah, that's yep. essentially all it is. Yeah, and yeah. I, I think, um, you know, unfortunately, he had to sort of be fucked around by Kramer and messed with by Kramer and outwitted by Kramer and outrun as well. <laughs> yeah, exactly, and everything, and, and out jumped off roofs. Exactly. Well. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I love how he looks down and is like, ah, no, nah, it's not. I'm going to get you, Kramer. <laughs> I'll get you one day. <laughs> I just on that shot. It's not about uh, Nick. Specifically, I just noticed, you know, and you notice it in like um, car shots, like you know the, you know they're just in front of a green screen, just moving the steering wheel, yeah, and, yeah. The, and the footage of the outside that they're driving past is usually really bad. Yeah, can, even to this day, you see car shots, and it still looks so yeah, fake. Yeah, looks dodgy. Yeah. Um, the the scene where the camera's looking up at him and he's yelling at Kramer like, "Well, I'll get you" or whatever. You can tell he's on a green stage because yeah, yeah, the right. outdoor setting is really bad. And I'm like, why didn't they just film it on top of a building? It's not like. I, I don't know. It just seemed yeah. unnecessary to film it on a green screen when they could just go to the top of a building, <laughs> set up a camera, and film him. Like I don't know. Yeah, it just probably it, maybe the logistics was too much. Maybe there was maybe insurance would have gone high if they were on a roof or something. Yeah, you know, yeah, because there, obviously there's no there's no stunt doubles. But he just anything. had to stand on top of. He just had to stand outside and be yeah. filmed up. You wouldn't even know he was on a roof. It I, just it, it was just a strange thing. But I, I noticed, I, anyway, I think now now you mention that, I think it kind of adds to the homage because it's an homage of Vertigo, and Vertigo was like green screen. Um, I think it probably adds to the homage. You know, like the fake right. outdoor. Okay. Because I think in in Vertigo there was like fake outdoor settings and okay. stuff. I don't think they did it on a roof. Fair enough. But yeah, I think it was just kind of like that okay. as a reference to it. That's well, that makes sense. Question answered. Yes, I really liked him, and I, I'm glad that he was very forgiving of Kramer as well. You know, yeah, did, it was a nice, it was a nice rare emotional nice moment. Rare moment. Yeah, even though it was comedic. You know, it was a, ca- a stranger hugging a, a customer, yeah. which wouldn't happen in real life. Of course, the cable not. guy would just go, "Okay, well, fuck you. See you later." Ah, see you you later. know, I've got a million other appointments. But he feels very sympathetic and even empathetic for Kramer. Definitely, yeah, he does. Yeah, I yeah. think it's true empathy because he says to him, "Like now, I know how you feel." Yeah, that's right. You know, empathy, like yeah. it's it's switched around. Um, yeah, no, I, and I thought the little emotional reconciliation was a nice touch. I think it was nice in a show that yeah. you know specifically lacks emotions intentionally. Yeah, that's right. It was a nice little sort of heartfelt moment. That's right. Yeah. No, I liked him. It was good. It was a, it was a good little subplot for Kramer. Yeah. It was good. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It, and it was just wacky enough to be in season seven and not in season eight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, especially the chase scene. Like, it was... it was, Yeah, it, was, it wasn't too wacky. Yeah, yeah. It was fine. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, yeah, I liked him. Uh, let's talk about Katie. Katie. Lane's mate. Played by author, actor, and television host Annabelle Gerwich. Uh, she's known for the New York Times bestseller, I See You Made an Effort, and she's written three other books. Uh, her acting credits include roles in Melvin Goes to Dinner and The Cable Guy. <laughs> there you go. Yep. The Jim Carrey. You know, luckily Nick isn't like psychotic like Jim Carrey was in The yeah. Cable Guy. <laughs> he was actually. I do like The Cable Guy. Yeah, I like it too. It's dark comedy, but it was good. Yeah. And poor Matthew Broderick just cops it for the whole movie. I don't think I liked it when it first came out because it was so it was out so of dark. sorts for Jim Carrey. Yeah, it was. You yeah. know, he's just like a physical comedian yeah. and does like wacky stuff. Yeah. And he did this and I was like, ah. Oh. But rewatching it now as an adult, I'm like, yeah. it's actually pretty good. It's a cult, cult favourite. Yeah. Um, uh, so she's also hosted, Annabelle rather, has also hosted the TBS show Dinner and a Movie. Uh, and she's appeared in TV shows Dexter, Medium and Boston Legal. Excellent. Yes. I think Katie's real ditzy. Yeah, she's pretty dumb. Elaine says, who's Pippi Longstockings? Is she related to Hitler? And then Katie's like, yeah, probably, or mm. definitely. Yeah. 
you think, yeah, and, and the way she says it, she sounds like Cher in Clueless, you know, Alicia Silverstone's character. She's yeah. like, oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, she's got like a bit of a bimbo. Bit of a bimbo. Ditsy kind of yeah. quality about her. And she knows Marissa Tomei. I think she's probably in Hollywood somehow. Okay. I believe she's probably a makeup artist or maybe she works behind the scenes. That's interesting. And then she may have done Marissa's makeup or some kind of work. Maybe she was an assistant to her while on the set of My Cousin Vinny or something. And then they befriended each other that's probably mm. how I, that's how I think because I could imagine someone as high profile as Marissa Tomei back in the 90s mm. you know this is a couple of years after she won an Oscar or maybe three four years later she's in her prime she's in her prime yeah and uh, yeah she's been in really good roles which we'll talk about later uh, since but I think maybe Katie must work in the industry somehow okay. and yeah she must know a lot of celebrities and maybe her and Marissa hit it off somehow and then Marissa well the fictionalised version of Marissa had a fetish on uh, bald men you know <laughs> I don't think the real one does but uh, no uh, I just think that's how they met. Yeah, I uh, that's that's a really good theory. Yeah, and that makes more sense than what I propose, which is maybe she knows uh, Marissa through her husband, who's an eye, eye, ear, nose, and throat doctor. Oh. Maybe maybe she was a GP. Maybe he but was maybe, a GP and to she Marissa. Was a patient. Oh yeah, okay. But then yeah, yeah, yeah. then I'm thinking now, you know, thinking about it a bit more, it wouldn't be appropriate for a doctor to, you know, unless they met at like a social event or out by, you know, it wouldn't be. I don't think many doctors would you know, intentionally introduce their patients to their wives thinking that they get along and that would be a bit unethical. Yeah. You know, it would be a breach of patient privacy, Probably, I guess. Probably, yeah. So, so, I think that that's a lot less likely than what you propose, which makes more sense. Or they could possibly just be childhood friends. Yeah, you know? that's true. They, they grew up together in the same town and yeah, Marissa I mean, got famous. And Marissa's Marissa. from New York. Um, oh, yeah, you right. know, I'm assuming Katie's from New York. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, who knows? But they're, they're mates anyway. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, there was, wasn't a lot of, of, of time with her. Well, she uh, has a heart episode. problem. She has a heart arrhythmia. Arrhythmia, yeah, she does. And she was in hospital. Hopefully, she pulled through. Oh, she did. Oh, she did, yeah. Yeah. Because, yeah. I mean... Oh, Elaine, yeah, they get the would, number, don't they? Yeah, yeah, yeah so yeah, that implies right. that she pulled through. Like, you never hear from her or see her again. No. Um, how do you think she knows Elaine? Well, like we mentioned about Elaine when we did the um, trivia fact for the week, Seinfeldia, um, you know, she's a very sociable person. Yep. Maybe they met, I don't know, probably through someone at work or maybe... I don't know. Hmm. I don't know. Maybe they just met. Maybe she worked in an old job with Elaine or something. Yeah. Or maybe they, they know someone who knows someone. Mutual friend. I don't, I don't know. think. I don't think. They don't seem so close. Though. No, I was going to say. I don't close. think they're particularly close friends. Because even Elaine, just even acquaintances or friends of friends. Yeah. Because even when Elaine realizes Katie's in hospital, it's not like she knew straight away. Yeah. It's like she only found out after calling. She's like, yeah. oh, Katie's in hospital. Like, yeah. So you clearly they're that, just acquaintances. You know, yeah. You would not. think that if they were close friends, uh, you know, the husband or someone would have told called Elaine and said, oh, no, Katie's in hospital. That's right. Yeah, she had to find out incidentally. That's right. Um, yeah, that's a good point, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, did you like Katie? Oh, yeah, I liked her, yeah. She was only in a couple of parts, and obviously mm. she's for half of her scenes, she was uh, unconscious in a coma. So, yeah, no, I thought she was okay for, for you know, what she brought to the to the role, and, uh, yeah, I, I don't really miss her. <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. I think she's fine in one episode. I think we should then talk about uh, Herb and Ralph. Herb and Ralph. We'll yeah. treat them as one. Cause yeah, because they're all in the sa- they're in the same scenes together, that, and they're basically yep. the same same person. That's exactly how I did my notes. Yeah. So first of all, Herb. He was played by actor Bill Macy, still alive, uh, known for appearing in Maud, The Jerk, and Analyze This. Nice. Uh, Ralph. Um, he was played by theatre and film actor Jesse White. This was his final performance. Oh. Uh, he appeared in the films It's a Mad, 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 Mad World, Harvey, and The Bad Seed. He passed away in 1997, so about a year later after this episode came out okay aged 80 nice yes yeah so the only differentiation between herb and ralph uh in terms of character i think is that herb is the leader and ralph is the follower because herb is the one that calls for the investigation that's right he does and ralph goes i second that motion yeah well herb's the vice president yep yeah yeah 
Uh, and then Herb also says, he doesn't like Jerry's material. I don't like Jerry's material. And then Ralph repeats that. So I think Ralph is a bit of a follower of Herb. Did this episode come out after Bill Clinton was impeached or before? Uh, what was I, 96, 97? 90, I remember being in high school, so I'm going to say a bit before. So they preceded, it preceded uh, the Lewinsky-Clinton Kind of. Oh, okay. I thought yeah. it was after. I thought it was like a reference to the different. The key difference is that uh, this is non-sexual and also yep. Bill Clinton wasn't removed from office. He was impeached, but he wasn't fired. Yeah, he, he wasn't, wasn't fired. Office. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. You know, so he was voted to be impeached, but oh, well, he, he was presidency. Morty wasn't fired, though. He was impeached, but he just basically got driven out. Yeah, yeah. For, for being, uh, well, I guess, being perceived to be corrupt. Yeah, I guess, yeah. I guess American, you know, the American political system is a bit more complex than, you know, a bunch of old people in a retirement village. Yeah. You know, like... Yeah, like I think the American president can be impeached, yeah. but then he also has to be removed. Yes. So Donald Trump, for instance, you know, there's this <laughs> talk. Go. No, no, I'm just saying this talk <laughs> about him being impeached, but that doesn't mean he, if he is impeached, he could still maintain his presidency yeah, yeah. if if it's like like Clinton. Whereas uh, Morty, obviously, their process is a bit more simple, like one less yeah, layer. That's right. Impeach means you're gone. Well, There's no impeachment yeah. and then firing. Well, Morty has a crack in the wizard, which we've done an episode of. It's um, true. He, does, he has a crack at Del Boca Vista to be president. Yeah. No, I think then, no, Kramer tries to become president. Yeah. Yeah, and then Morty's like his running mate or his, that's right. his aide. Or, no, he's like his puppet. His puppet, yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah, the Kramer, puppet, yeah, Kramer's yeah. a puppet. That's right, Kramer's a puppet. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. Morty's using his Morty's experience. pulling the strings. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, there it's kind you of, I, I've never thought of that, but it's kind of a weird twist in that Morty, seemingly based on this episode, is a you know is an honest uh, and and ethical yeah. uh, 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 lead uh, um, uh, president, board president, board president. But and, you know, and Jerry then, fucks it up. Yeah, yeah, and then but you know maybe his maybe that has like soured his made him cynical. Maybe yes. You know, and then in um, the what's it called. The, the, the wizard, the wizard, yeah, which we've done. Yeah. You know, he he is like cynical of the political process, and he yep. decides to sort of run as a corrupted, <laughs> yeah, you know, he does power hungry behind the scenes. <laughs> it, it really got to him, didn't yeah, it? Yeah, the deep state, the yeah, deep state the of Del Boca Vista. <laughs> <laughs> the, the Mark Mark Gables just ruined him. Phase Morty, two. <laughs> Morty is the deep state of, of Florida and retirement <laughs> villages, and he's half Russian too. I've heard. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Morty Sanvelikov. I've heard. <laughs> anyway. Anyway, yeah, so and Ralph loves his cigars. He's he like does. Jack. I think him and Jack probably smoke cigars together in the back porch. Yeah, I could imagine having Jack, some whiskey or something. Herb and Ralph just sitting around just being old grumpy men. And ne- that's why I love them. Necking spirits I while, fucking, while they're smoking cigars. I fucking love Ralph. You know yeah, when um, you do, yeah. <laughs> you know when he's trying to explain impeaching to him, he's like, Why didn't you just say that? Why didn't you just say that? <laughs> For impeachment means you're against Morty. Well, why didn't you just oh, say that? Just say he's that? like as soon as he said that, I'm like, I love you. Yeah. Just this like grumpy old asshole. That's enough. <laughs> totally. He could yeah. have done anything else. doesn't matter. Yeah. Uh, just from that line and that scene, love him. Yeah, he was great. He was <laughs> good. really good. Uh, not much else to say about them, though, because no, they're no. only in a couple of scenes. Marissa Tomei. Yep. Played by herself. Uh, Marissa Tomei is an Academy Award-winning actress. Uh, she won Best Actress for My Cousin Vinny. She's also appeared in the films The Wrestler, which she was also nominated for Best Actress. Uh, only You and the film In the Bedroom, which she was nominated again for an Academy Award, this wow. time for Best Supporting Actress. Uh, she's also appeared in the film The Big Short, and for those Spider-Man fans out there, she plays May Parker in Spider-Man Homecoming and the upcoming sequel, Spider-Man Far From Home. Nice. Yeah. Yep. No, she's a great actress. I think she's, I think she's one fantastic. of the most underrated actresses around. Oh, 100%, man. Yeah. yeah she's Even great. in the 90s, I think a lot of people, were, I vaguely remember a lot of people being surprised about her Oscar Marissa win. winning, yeah. She and wasn't, there was like she parodies on Family Guy about Marissa winning and I think yeah. Simpsons parody. No, no, I think I remember Family Guy parodied it. Okay. It was like someone in Hollywood pulled the strings. And, like, uh, I think Peter does a flashback where it's like, that's like the time Marissa to me won the Oscar. And then like Marissa like gets announced as the winner and she walks up and then I think 
it's like Jack Nicholson or something's like winking and going. Oh, okay. Buddy's like, yeah, you know, we did something good. Right. Yeah, you know, it was like something like that. Yeah. It was like basically saying they pulled strings to get her the award. Right. You like know? it was undeserved yeah, or something. Yeah, I don't know. Was okay. Just, yeah, I, don't, I, was yeah, I remember it being a big yeah. deal, like unexpected. Yeah. Like she was the underdog. She yeah. wasn't expected to win and then she did and it was like, oh, okay. Yeah, but it was fantastic. She's yeah, a great no, actress. Have you seen My Cousin Vinny? Yeah, I have, yeah. Such a with good Joe Pesci. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Anything with Joe Pesci is awesome. I love it. Yeah. Um, yeah, Marissa Tamay. Well, she's obviously a fictionalized version of herself, semi fictional. Yep. Uh, loves bald men. She does. She loves them. Stocky, quirky. Stocky, quirky. Loves, I noticed she added stocky in there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what the hell, <laughs> George says. Um, yeah, no, Marissa Tomei, she, she has a very uh, certain obsession with certain men. Yes. Yeah. And if, yeah, it's like... She's she has, got her type down. Yeah, she does. And uh, shame for George. George could have been with a Hollywood actress. Fuck George. Fuck George. Shame for George. Shame for George, I know. He got engaged, and he should honour that. He should honour it, yeah. Unless, he should try and figure out a loophole of, like, how can I spend time with her without cheating? Otherwise, break up with Susan. Yeah. And then, you know, Susan still lives. She yeah. goes on to marry someone else, and then she he's with Marissa Tomei. He could have easily done that. He could have done it. And then he goes to all the premieres in the world. Yep. And then and then Susan would have been better off because she didn't marry George. Yeah, and she'd still be alive. Exactly. Yeah, and so, she would have had invitations to her wedding, and they'd be the top quality ones, and she so, wouldn't get poisoning. So what you're saying <laughs> is that Marissa Tomei is the reason Susan is dead. Well, not the reason. <laughs> Correlation know, just, doesn't imply causation, my friend. I'm just... <laughs> Yeah, I know, I know. Marissa Tomei killed it in My Cousin Vinny, and she killed Susan. How's that? No. <laughs> she murdered her. She murdered it. She murdered it on the screen, and she murdered it in the invitations. Um, no, well, uh, yeah, well, like we mentioned before, her and Katie are friends, and we hypothesize that Katie worked in Hollywood somehow, must have been a makeup or maybe a personal assistant of, of Marissa's. You know, a lot of these big stars have, like, PAs and mm. Entourage. You've seen Entourage and all yep. those kind of shows. They have, like, a group with them that they travel with them, so maybe she was part of that. Yep. And then they still became close. And uh, I think Marissa, she seems to like people, well, I guess it's probably a bit redundant, but she kind of likes people for who they are yep. rather than what they are in, yeah, in some I think, respects. I think there's sort of a, a subtle uh, idea that, you know, her as an actress in real life, maybe because she was the underdog and she's not part of the Hollywood elite or mm. she's, you know, she's an A-list actress in, in terms of her uh, career, but she's not... She's never in the gossip rags. Like, I don't even know anything about her personal life. I could tell you a million facts about celebrities just from, like, passively receiving knowledge from magazines and conversations. Couldn't tell you a thing about Marissa Tomei. Yeah. So, I think she's always stayed out of the spotlight as an actress. And maybe her liking George and having, an, you know, what sounds like an obsession over bald, stocky, quirky men is a commentary on the fact that she's a bit different, a bit more down to earth. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and even in a conversation, you know, she's comfortable talking about manure, and she's like, "Oh, that's so manure. weird." Manure, manure sounds good. Yeah, that's so right. I never thought of it like that. <laughs> so maybe, yeah, I just think they're trying to say that maybe Marisa Tomei as an actress is is a bit more low key, bit, bit more low key, bit, yeah, bit less high maintenance, a bit more down to earth. Yeah, that's right. A bit more friendly and a bit yeah. more approachable. And then George would have been punching above his weight. Yeah, for sure. Very much so. She's very, very attractive, Marissa. Yeah, and wow, she punched goodness. down. Oh, she did. Literally. Literally punched, did punch down. <laughs> yes. Punched him in the jaw. How good was that? Much deserved. Much deserved indeed. Yeah. No, <laughs> I'm, I liked... surprised, I'm surprised someone hasn't memed that with Egg Boy. Yeah, you know, like I know, right? George. <laughs> I know, right? And I, I think this is one of the best himself, herself cameos on the yeah, show. Yeah, for sure. I think it's one of the best. Next, I think John Voight's the best one. Yep. Um, but this one's probably second best. Yeah, no, me. she's awesome yeah. in it. She's great. Yep. Uh, and also, in, in our season 10 podcast, which we've just wrapped up, um, we hypothesized or we came up with the idea that George married someone 
his ex-wife named Phoebe, who looks like Marissa Tomei. Just because she looks just like Marissa Tomei. Just because she looks like Marissa Tomei. Still obsessed. Yeah, still obsessed, yeah. Reminds me of something about Mary, you know, when Ben still is just 10 years after high school, he's yeah. in therapy, just can't get over it. That's right. Kind of reminds me of that. <laughs> An obsession that never never stops. Never stops, no. Uh, and, and uh, you know, he's been watching my cousin Vinny for the last 20 years. Once a week, at least. Once a week. In prison, he watched it in the common room. He was like, <laughs> I'm watching DVD. my cousin Vinny. You're going to get shanked. We want to watch Goodfellas. <laughs> watching my cousin Vinny. You want to get stabbed, George? <laughs> yeah, that's what happened. Uh, okay, let's talk about, just briefly, uh, Morty and Helen Seinfeld, just in this episode. Barney Martin and Liz Sheridan. That's yep. right. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if you want to listen to our in-depth analysis of those characters, go all the way back to episode 10, mm-hmm. our second ever What's the Deal, uh, with my parents guesting. Yeah. Long, long time ago, two years ago nearly. What's the deal with the Seinfeld parents? We talk yep. about the Costanzas and Babs and yeah. Alton Bennis and everyone else. All the Seinfeld parents. Yeah. Uh, I really just wanted to make mention of the scene, the opening scene with them in this episode where um, Helen reading, rouses there's on Morty. All, there's already a bag, of box of I wanted over. a chip ahoy. If I want a chip ahoy, I'll have a chip ahoy. I got a few good years left. <laughs> I want a chip ahoy. I love how he, he kind of, when he says that line, he kind of reminds me of Jerry saying, yeah. but I don't want to be a cowboy. Yeah. You know, he's just yeah. like, but I want a chip ahoy. Yeah, he's being <laughs> he's sort of like a bit like... A bit whiny, a bit childish. Yeah. yeah. He's like, I want a chip ahoy and I'm going to have a chip fucking chip ahoy. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Not in those words. But. No. I really like that scene because I... I love Chip Ahoy. Oh, I think yeah, they're an underrated yeah. biscuit or oh. cookie for our American listeners. Are they vegan? Uh, no, I don't think so. I haven't had them for a long, long time. Oh, I don't oh, think oh. they're even around anymore. I remember them being around when I was a kid. I'm Maybe sure they're they still are. in the US. I don't know. Surely. I don't really check out the biscuit aisle too much yeah, in, no. uh, in my adulthood. I but, do um, remember those as a kid, actually. Yeah, no, yeah, they're really yeah. good. I just remember them being like extra chocolate chippy. Yes. Like, you know, chocolate chip biscuits have a bunch, but these had like double the amount. I think that was the point, being yeah. called Chip Ahoy. Chips Ahoy. Yeah. Um. He's obviously really, really blown away. You can tell, like it was really good acting by by Barney. Oh, I think it's I think it's one of Barney's best performances. Yeah, on the show. when, when yeah. um, yeah. you know, when he's blown away by the fact that his son bought him a Cadillac. Oh, he loves. You it. can see the genuine just joy and and like, and he's just euphoria. so proud. He's yeah. even, I guess, you could say, a bit smug. Yeah, definitely. You know, when Jack comes up, yeah, to him, he's, he's all like, he's all high. My son bought it for me, and my he's got that sort it. of like, you know, bloody dark face. Actually, I like one part. Speaking of Barney's performance, I liked when they went to the um, buffet or you know the restaurant. They left after they came after. The early bird special and Jack's kind of looking him, looking him up and down and saying, "Oh, you missed the early bird special." And then he goes, "Oh, not as well have that kind of kind of money. You know, this will be enjoy your last meal as president because tomorrow we're gonna make get you a peach." And I love how Morty's just all like. He's got his chin up, his his chest out. He's like, oh, you won't have the votes. Very cocky. He's very cocky. I like that. Yeah. That was great. Yeah. Great scene. Definitely. Yeah, it was good. And I thought it was out of character for both of them, really, but more so Helen. Yeah. Uh, you know, when they're talking about going to st- going to dinner early, and it's like, it's 4.40. Oh, sorry, 4.30. 4.30. And Jerry goes, you know, like... I'm not going to force myself a steak in the afternoon just, just to, to save, save a few bucks. bucks. <laughs> but I like it when Morty goes, you know, by the time we sit down, it'll be 4.45. Like, <laughs> as if that makes it better. <laughs> as if it does. But also the fact that they they give in to Jerry's whinging normally they just force themselves onto Jerry and he just complies he does but, but, they, but of, that kind of adds to the uh, mystique that they've got money or yeah, or, yeah. You know, I, I realise it's or, to like, set up or Morty's you know laundering money or something yeah no yeah. I realise that it's it's a setup you know, it's, yeah. it's to set up uh, Jack's suspicion of of, of Morty, but just on its own, it's just weird that they Jerry whinged once and yeah, they're like, okay, yeah. we'll wait. We'll Normally wait. they're just so persistent until Jerry caves in, but it was the other way around. I just thought off. that was an interesting dynamic shift. Maybe they were just so happy, or Morty in particular was so happy with the Cadillac. They thought, yeah. oh, he's, he's, he's happy. Yep. You know, Jerry's done such a wonderful thing. Yeah, we'll, 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 we'll go to dinner later just for you. You yeah, bought me a brand you. new car. Yeah, exactly. And we'll go to dinner an hour later. How much were Cadillacs? They must have been like, what, 50 grand, 40 grand? I don't know. How much money do you reckon Jerry made in that thing? Yeah, that's a, that's a question. Five I, five figures? I was going to say five. I don't think it was six. Nah, I'm going to say... Nah. I'm going to say... Fifty? Fifty or seventy-five. Okay, yeah, cool. Yeah. Actually, 
No, I'm going to say 100. Oh, okay. Six figures. Yeah, I'd say, I'd say 100 even. For a show? Yeah, Whoa. why not? Hey, Who did he perform for? The Sultan of Brunei or something? Who knows? Bloody hell. Oh, he'd Who probably knows? get a million bucks for that. True. <laughs> yeah. uh, and I also wanted to talk about uh, Susan Ross just in this episode. Yeah, played by Heidi Swingberg. Because I think yep. this, this episode particular just particularly shows her... At her, I do remember when we talked about Susan, we talked about her intelligence. Yeah. She's a really smart woman. This shows her envious side. Uh, yeah, but it also shows her ability to perceive George's bullshit. Not that it's hard to see through his <laughs> bullshit and their lies are very easy to see through, but I think it just demonstrates her intelligence because I remember of us course. talking about that she's a smart woman and compared to George, yeah. she's way smarter. One thing I picked up as well is when Susan, you know, confronts Elaine about what happened and then mm. she uses that trick question. Yep. Do you notice how Susan, she's smiling and laughing when she turns to turn uh, to close the door? Yep. Do you notice how her face changes? Mm. Her face in that split second, it kind of turns. Yep. And she's like... Yeah, she knows something. I love up. that. Yeah, and she knows right. that she's going to catch it's very, out. Yeah, it's very subtle, Yeah, but it's great. Yeah, for yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think I think it's her being satisfied with her suspicions that she's like, yep, they're obviously lying. I know something's up. They're, they're screwing each other. I'm going to get my 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 vindication. <laughs> yeah, they're screwing each other. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I thought it was a nice touch too, the fact that she, she acknowledges that she's jealous. It, it kind of shows... The fact that she's self-aware enough, which I think is, again, a sign of her intelligence. Yeah. Because, you know, emotional self-awareness is something that a lot of people don't have. Yes. Uh, so, the fact that she says, you know, you're going to keep watching Marissa Tamay movies. You're making me jealous. Have you got a thing for her? Like, <laughs> yeah, she kind of, yeah. she's genuinely envious. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. And she knows something's up and she's a bit sus, but she kind of makes light of that. So, I think that's a nice touch. And she sees George kissing the pillow and then she just, she just I like how she just away. smiles and turns around. She's just like, uh, she's like oh, I can't do this. <laughs> I, I can't love, deal with I this. I love the touch in that. I think it was just ad-libbed when uh, George is making out with the pillow and he slicks back his hair yeah. as if that makes him, like, <laughs> as if, smoother. As if it's, no, but it's, it's as if Marissa's grabbing oh, his, the back yeah. of his head. Yeah, it's yeah, true. Yeah, yeah, touching his bald head. That's right. Yes, that's true. <laughs> I just thought that was finish. a nice touch. That was nice. Yeah. yeah, well done by Jason. Do you have anything else about any of the secondaries? No, nah, that's it, mate. Yeah, that was the Cadillac parts one and two, our second ever double uh, two-parter. Yep, which is great. Well, let's have a quick break, Steve, and uh, we'll find out uh, where the Cadillac sits in our top episodes of all time, and uh, if any of the secondary characters make our top twenties. Sounds good. <laughs> Have I told you how much I love you today? Not in the last 15 minutes. Well, I do love you very much. And I love you, Marissa. Well, then, come on, get dressed. We're going to be late for the premiere. So today, Steve, we talked about the secondary characters from the Cadillac parts one and two. Uh, we've done 76 episodes of the show, Steve. So uh, where does the Cadillac sit in your top 76? Number 16. 16? Wow, yeah. pretty high. Really good episode. Yeah, cool. Uh, no weak moments. Liked all the subplots. Great. Got lots of Jack Complus. Clompus. Yeah, you did. What, your second is, favorite uh, secondary. Yep. Yeah. And uh, well, my tied first. Tied first with Alton. Yeah, yep, that's, that's right. right yeah. uh, some new favorite characters: Herb and Ralph. Oh, good. Yep. Wow, they're in your top twenty. Uh, we'll see. Oh, well, okay. Yes. Yep. Yes. Uh, and yeah, just a really good so- solid storyline. A lot of the time with two-parter episodes or longer episodes of any show, sometimes it can feel a bit stretched out. Oh, you we think, can. You know, yeah. maybe they can edit that down to like a really tight single episode this never felt like that I never felt bored I never felt like I was like oh this is just being padded out Mm -hmm. Um, really good storyline that they fleshed out really well over two episodes I can't yeah 
just a great episode. The reason why there's a reason why it's a classic. Yeah, because in syndication, uh, I watched the entire forty like episode as if it was one long episode. Did you watch part one then part two, or did did you just have like the no? One? The file I had was just uh, uh, merged together. Merged together the whole thing. Cool. Uh, for me, the Cadillac still very good. Uh, obviously, a lot more better Seinfeld episodes. Number forty two. Oh, okay. Yeah, I mean, I felt like the George subplot with Marissa was funny, but I think they probably could have cut that down. Or okay, I don't know. I just felt it was a bit off. Um, um, I like the Kramer subplot. I thought it was interesting. Um, yeah, you know, having... I don't know. I just think there's better episodes. Fair enough. It just It wasn't... Because I came into this thinking, oh, this will be like top 10 or something. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, you know, I, I still liked it. But mm. I just think there's... Like I do mention sometimes when there's like an episode, a solid one, which doesn't quite crack it, mm. there's 41 better episodes for me. I think as we go along, it's going to be harder and harder and You've harder. You've mentioned that several times. You know, yeah. That, so it's like not the difference it's not between as, yeah. forty-two and thirty-two is fuck all. Exactly. But you've I'm, got to yeah. put it somewhere. So I'm not shitting on the Cadillac. I'm not saying it sucks or no. it's average. It's still pretty good. Yeah. But Seinfeld. The thing with Seinfeld is, as we know, it's just it's so good. Yeah. There's not really a bad episode. No, I wouldn't say there's any duds. No. There's just a spectrum of good. Yeah, exactly. You know, there's there's perfect yep. to just good. Yeah. You know, I don't think there's any duds. That's right. Yeah. So yeah, number forty two. Okay. Uh, all right. I'm looking forward to this one, Steve. Out of our top twenty secondary characters, do any of the secondaries from today's episode make it? Yep. So Herb and Ralph come in at number eleven. Eleven. So just Fab. outside the top ten. Beautiful. And if you want to see my top ten, there'll be a link in the show notes, uh, which you can check out as well as yours and all of the episodes that we've ranked uh, that we've done so far. Nice. Uh, for me, Nick the Cable Guy. Number 10. Oh, nice. Loved him. Just sneaked in. Yep. And uh, Bob and Cedric come out of my top 20. They're out. They're eliminated. They're gone. Okay. I'm out. I'm and why, why did you like Nick? You did mention it when we covered his character, but can you just remind me? I thought Walter's performance was great. Okay. I loved how I loved how it was kind of like a game of cat and mouse. Mm. And it, it kind of reminded me of those old cartoons. You know how, like, there was, say, like, Wally Coyote or someone trying to chase the other person, but the other, but the, like, the victim or the chasey always... You know, outsmarts them. Trying to like them. outwit each it's other. It's like Wiley Coyote in the yeah. Roadrunner. It's kind of like that kind of d- dynamic. I yeah, like. Yeah, that's it. a good. That's a good comparison actually. Because yeah. he always thinks he's got it over him, and then suddenly something comes up, and he's but like, it, "Damn, it goes wrong." Exactly. Or yeah, Roadrunners outwitted him. Or it was whatever. good. Yeah. It was like they were, he was like Crane was just trying to like one up him all the time. Yep. I like that. I th- it kind of reminded me of those old cartoons. No, that's that's a good comparison. Yeah, it actually, it was great. And yeah, he was just a great character, very well performed, and uh, I just liked his bright-eyed, you know, attitude. And but then he was just. It just yeah, Kramer just ground him down. He, he was did. just trying to do the right thing, and he just got ground down, ground down, ground down. But he made the best. He made the best choice for everyone at the end. He did, yeah. He redeemed. Uh, you know, he, he he redeemed cable people. He redeemed cable people, and he forgave Kramer, which I think is great. It yep. would have been. I think it would have been a would have been left on a sour note if mm. maybe Kramer ended it with something happening to the cable guy or yeah. getting the last laugh. I think it would probably would have been a bit dark, or not dark, but a bit. Bit of yeah. a sour note, you know. Yeah. What I mean? I'm glad no, they kind of wrapped it up. Yeah, no, like a, uh, a comedic emotional moment was That's right. was pretty good. Yeah, it was good. Just over a cable guy appointment. That's right. No, I like him. Definitely. Very good. Yeah, no, he's really cool. Yeah. That's it for another week. Oh, but I don't want to be a secondary character. Thank you again for listening. If you want to get in touch with us, you can email us at bidwabasspodcast, B-I-D-W-B-A-S-C podcast at gmail.com. We're on all socials, say hello on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, or Reddit. You can listen anywhere you get your podcasts. And if you want to subscribe to us, review us, rate us, or share us with any of your friends or family or anyone else you think might like the podcast, that would be amazing. And finally, we are on Patreon. So if you want to get access to Season 10, which is now wrapped up yeah, uh, ahead of time, ahead of our normal feed, uh, you can check out that and uh, a few other tiers and a few other goodies uh, on Patreon, patreon.com forward slash B-I-D-W-B-A-S-C. My name's Ivan. I'm Stephen. And next week, Stephen, we're staying with Season 7. Uh, we're talking about the Wigmaster. Nice. Kramer's dress as the pimp. Underrated episode. Very, uh, yeah. Well, Looking I'm, forward yeah. to watching it. I'm it's been a while. It. Yeah, it's been a while for that one too. Until then, catch you later. Catch ya. Catch ya.
Okay. Uh, 